0: at harrys.com slash rtg that's harrys.com slash rtg for a $3 trial set What's up everybody, welcome back to Remember the Game, it is my Retro Gaming Podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank, thank you so much for listening to the show, and this week it is episode 130, this is the first episode of 2021, Happy New Year, I hope you had a great holiday season, if you're hearing my voice right now, congratulations, you fucking survived 2020. Uh, So for the first episode of the new year, I thought we'd talk about a little-known classic and possibly the only franchise I like more than Mario in gaming. And that, my friends, is one of the industry's all-time greats, arguably the GOAT of video games, period, motherfucking Tetris. And I know I use the NES box art for the cover, for the image, uh, but this episode is not just about that iteration. We're going to talk Tetris of all shapes and all sizes, uh, former... Remember the game Hall of Famer and the straight line to my gaping Tetris hole, Mark McHugh is my guest this week and (laughs) that might be the worst intro that I've ever given anyone. That's like we may have just bottomed out the fucking show two minutes into the year anyway. Ugh, fucking gross. But anyway, uh, Mark gave me a call and uh, we had a nice long talk about Tetris and I wasn't sure this episode would be any good when we agreed to record it because I was thinking like Tetris... Ah, That might be a little dry, but I think it turned out pretty good. You hot dogs came out in force with your comments and your praise of Tetris as a whole of the game. I guess I'm not the only one out there that really, really likes Tetris. Uh, So you folks will be the jury, I guess. Hopefully you don't hate this. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you do not, send me some hate mail and let me know. And speaking of sending me hate mail, baby, it is time for the Remember the Game infamous intro. And never forget, as always, there are timestamps in the description of this podcast telling you where to skip to. So if you're only here for Tetris talk or for play one, remake one erase one or if you're some fucking weirdo who only wants to hear what I've been playing over the last seven days or whatever, look in the description box. There are timestamps telling you when to skip to. I cannot stress that enough, okay? All kinds of stuff here. Uh, I got lots to get to this week, including the winners of the prizes that I gave away from my charity stream, my 24 hour stream I did last month. Uh, so this intro is worth listening to. I mean, like, they're all worth listening to, but this one is bonus worth listening to. Uh, And we're going to start it off. I posted a blog over at RememberTheGamePodcast.com, our official website, I say official like there's a fucking parody website of it out there. It's the only Remember the Game website. But I posted a blog over there which you can check out at your leisure the next time you're sitting on the toilet or something and you need a minute or so. You need to kill like a minute. Go flip by and give it a quick read. Uh, I break down some podcast stats from 2020. I lay out my goals for 2021. And uh, if you have not read it yet, man, 2020 was fucking wild. Uh, um, like beyond anything i could have ever imagined the the show grew like a fucking weed and uh we are that we are we're like retro gaming gardens weed like in the community where you've got like retronauts and all those big fancy shows over there and they're like the roses and the tulips and all that shit we are the fucking weed that you just can't kill i like that that's us uh, so thank you all so much for listening to remember the game over the last year and if you just uh came on board then thank you for listening hopefully you stick around for the future and also thank you to everyone that has listened to game patch it is my weekly modern gaming news podcast where i do what i do here and i swear and i struggle to form complete sentences uh, but i do what well talk in playstation xbox and nintendo instead of old video games so you can find game patch wherever you get your podcasts new episodes go live every monday morning or here it comes sign up for our patreon and you'll get it three days early and i gotta be honest i'm running out of original ways to plug this patreon but i have to keep plugging it you guys like it's the reason that er- that you listening to this right now have at least 130 retro game podcasts waiting for you that are 99.7 percent ad free not locked behind a paywall or anything is 100 because of that patreon so if you've been on the fence if you've been like i do like his stuff i just can't be bothered to go sign up i feel the same way about a lot of podcasts too Take the 90 seconds to sign up, please. It's like 90 seconds. I'm not IGN, kind of funny, last stand, retronauts. I'm not one of these giant fucking podcast empires. I'm just a dumbass in his spare bedroom yelling into a microphone three times a week. So it really, really makes a huge difference. And if you sign up over on Patreon, you will get access to Game Patch every Friday morning. Instead of waiting until Monday like a chump. Like one of the things I do on Game Patch is I give you sale recommendations. And if you listen to it on Friday morning, then I tell you what you can pick up this weekend to play on sale. Instead of waiting until Monday and then realizing, oh, I could have picked that up to play that this weekend. It only makes sense, right? So it's like, yeah fuck yeah it only costs two bucks a month and you get a ton of other stuff as well you get access to our patreon exclusive gaming podcast expansion pass new episodes of that go live every sunday you get every old episode of it day one as well just right there to download onto your phone there's over 50 of them now game reviews ranking lists discussions about gaming history all kinds of fun stuff the recent uh, top 20 nes games The episode that I put on the feed a couple weeks ago is an episode of Expansion Pass that I just gave up for free as like a Christmas gift. So that's what you're getting. Uh, Last weekend for Expansion Pass, we made our New Year's gaming resolutions. Uh, This weekend, this Sunday, it is the Blankies. A lot of you have been asking what my game of the year was for 2020, and I will be revealing it at our first annual awards show, The Blankies. I will be naming my PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and overall game of the year, along with some honorable mentions. We have polls running right now to decide what the listener picks are for games on all those systems for game of the year. Uh, You can check out my social media for all those, or check any of my social media. You'll find the link to go vote. In our poll, it's completely free. takes 30 seconds. You don't have to sign up for a fucking thing. You just click, 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 and you're done. It's awesome. Like, it says the average time it's taking people is like 42 seconds or something. Uh, And then in addition to all those... Oh, yeah, I got to get back to plugging the Patreon. In addition to all those extra podcasts, all those early podcasts that you get for just two bucks, you can also help pick the games we cover here on the show. You can submit comments to be read on every single one of my podcasts. You get access to our Discord, which is really, really fun. There's a whole bunch of people over there making fun of me, mostly. Uh, And most god damn it you can support me and you can support remember the game industries and almost 160 of you are doing that now including all of our newest patreons and i'm gonna fuck up a couple of these names no doubt in my mind but our newest patreons are kelly francesco Sabidi, Derek J- jane mark carls Par- parzival and Mike Cummings. I'm 100% sure I fucked most of those names up, but thank you all so, so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. Uh, So sign up, two bucks, extra podcasts, vote, send in comments, and help keep us on the air. It may not seem like much, but you guys, I'm a stand-up comedian during a pandemic. This is my job now. Makes such a huge difference. Uh, And I mentioned you guys get to pick the games that we cover here on the show. Our Patreon poll for January is running right now. It runs until January 9th. Um, and as I'm looking at it on my screen right now, one vote separates the three top games right now, which are golden sun for the game boy advance, final fantasy eight for the PS one and final fantasy tactics for the PS one. The winner gets an episode of remember the game and one vote separates them. So votes fucking don't be one of those people. That's like my vote doesn't matter anyway. Cause yeah, you're probably right. In a lot of cases, your vote doesn't matter. In this case, it really does fucking matter. So whoo there's my plug oh yeah and i have a po box as well Uh, you can find the full address on our website Uh, again remember the game but it's po box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v1g7 just send me a postcard or a letter or something i'll send you remember the game one back we'll be friends uh dude tapio in finland if you're listening i can't figure out your shipping address i really want to send you back something so get a hold of me please that'd that'd be awesome Uh, and then finally as I always plug, and I'm, then I'll be done with the plugs. I stream on Twitch on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights from 8 to 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Look for Member The Game on Twitch, not Remember, Member The Game over on Twitch.tv. New people are coming by all the time. We have 25 or 30 people that are always. At any given point, usually that's how many people are hanging around, just making mostly making fun of me. That's primarily what it is, is me telling the chat to go fuck itself because the chat's making fun of my horrible gameplay. It's really fun. We do Tetris Tuesday every Tuesday night where I get high and play Tetris 99, Throwback Thursday where I play something retro, and then Sports Sunday where I play a sports game and everyone chirps me for sucking, and it's really, really fun. And on the note of Twitch... A couple weeks ago, I did my 24-hour charity stream with Extra Life to raise money for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. Uh, you guys probably know about that by now. Thank you to everyone that came by and or donated. We raised, My goal was 1000 We raised over $4,000, which was fucking sick. And I have some prizes to give away. I had been mentioning it during the stream, but someone won a copy of whatever game they wanted, and someone want a chance to come on the show uh, anyone that donated over 20 bucks was in the draw. If you go to youtube.com slash remember the game, you can see the draw videos there. But quick spoilers, so skip ahead 15 seconds if you don't want to hear who won. Uh, huge congratulations to. James Clark, who won a copy of the game of his choice and has selected Mario 3D All Stars for the Nintendo Switch, so I'll be sending him a copy of that. And Ben Bulju, who won the opportunity to pick a game for the for remember the game and then be my guest to talk about the game, should he prefer to do so. And of course, that would go to someone whose name I can't pronounce. But congratulations to both of you guys. Thank you to everyone that donated. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow into some cartridges. It is the official opening segment of the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patreon's usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge and i can't always read all of them but i read as many as i can i try to rotate in and out who gets on the show so if you didn't get on this week keep trying thank you for the messages i promise you'll get on sooner than later i need a quick drink of water here and then we'll get into the The good podcasts probably edit out the drinking of the water, but this is remember the fucking game, baby. All right, let's get into blowing in the cartridges. Our first, uh, our first blower of 2021 is Amy Gillen. Amy wrote in who said, "Hey Adam, I had a random thought. I know you're not the biggest movie guy, but I just wanted to know your thoughts on the new Monster Hunter movie with Mila Jokovic. Jokovic. Jo- 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 Be- jo- Be- I don't know how to say that name, but you know who I'm talking. To- anyway, uh, I enjoy the Resident Evil movies. I know they were a bit man on the storylines, but I liked them for the trashy popcorn movies that they were." Anyways, keep your awesome video game content coming, my dude. Uh, Happy New Year, Amy. I gotta be honest with you, my friend. I don't know a fucking thing about Monster Hunter, the video games or the movies. And you're also correct. I don't know much about movies, period. But both of those things said... Um, I actually did watch the first few Resident Evil movies because I like Resident Evil and I actually liked the first Resident Evil movie quite a bit and I thought the second one, I think the second one was the one where they were in the city with Nemesis and I actually thought the second one was okay as well. Uh, They did kind of lose me after that and then I checked out Um, but I thought... What's her name? Mil- Mila, Mila, Mila? Joe, I don't know how to say her name. The, the main actress from the Resident Evil movies that's going to be in Monster Hunter. I think she's fucking awesome. Like I buy that she's a badass. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of her. So, uh, like I'm not gonna lie to you. My first trip back to a movie theater probably is not gonna be to see Monster Hunter, but if it ends up on like one of the four hundred streaming services that we're fucking subscribed to in this house. I will probably give it a browse just because I like her as an actress. So, uh, yeah, fucking right. Thank you for writing in, Amy. Happy New Year. Uh, Andre SJA Flash wrote in and said, uh, You know, because I have nothing else to say, I'm going to continue the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles debate as I continue to fiercely defend Raphael. And a, and a quick note from me uh, before I get back to Andre's uh, comments here. Uh, We had quite the debate going in the Discord the other day about the Ninja Turtles and who the predominant Ninja Turtle is and blah, blah, blah. So that's what he's referencing here Uh, back to his comments Raphael has always been my favorite when I was a kid it was purely because he wore the red mask because that was my favorite color and I've been Team Raph ever since he's not arguably the best fighter he just is god damn it I understand the potential greatness of Michelangelo but we can just let that go because potential talent gets you nowhere if you don't apply yourself every family needs a voice that isn't afraid to say the shit nobody wants to say the Turtles always seem to be painfully lacking in combat without Raph I will die on this damn hill i know i'm outnumbered and remember the game industries but i don't care i'm a loner just like Rath. he loves his brothers and he will give everything for them all right now it's been a couple weeks since we talked ninja turtles on here so we got to do this and if you're a newer to remember the game industries i'm a ninja, teenage mutant ninja turtle super fan uh literally my left arm is a tattoo sleeve of the ninja turtles So I'm I'm a big Turtles fan and Donatello has been my guy ever since I was a kid. Raphael has always been my least favorite Turtle. Now having said that, I've got him tattooed on my body. I'm looking at him right now. I like him. I like all the Turtles and as I get older, he's actually the one I can relate to the most because I also dislike a lot of people and I get angry all the time. Uh, But to use a sports metaphor, Raphael is a fucking locker room cancer, okay? You're correct, Flash. It has been proven Michelangelo has the most raw talent and potential of the team, but Raphael is the tank, and he's the tough guy, and he's probably the most valuable turtle of the team in a fight. All that said, the fights that he helps the Turtles win are often caused by the team having to rescue raphael from the foot soldiers and the foot clan after he has a hissy fit and storms off and gets caught in the first place so they wouldn't have to fight if he wasn't acting like a fucking asshole so i respect that he says what he thinks i love the new york accent he's got he's a badass i'm on board with all of that but imagine how valuable raphael would be to the team if donatello invented a chill pill to keep him from acting like a fucking asshole all the time that's why raphael he just no i just he's just he's too big a dick too big of dick for my liking but thank you for uh, fuck i could talk turtles for an hour um makeshift money wrote in and said, At Games, makers of the horrible quality Sega mini consoles are now making virtual pinball cabinets and be damned if they don't actually look that bad. If there were more licensed tables available for download and At Games didn't have such a shitty track record, it would. I would take a pretty hard look at it. They look really cool. So if you don't know what Makeshift is talking about, before the official awesome Sega Genesis mini released in 2019, 2019, yeah. Uh, At Games released a different Genesis Mini, and it was fucking horrific. It was like, oh, it was Echo the Dolphin quality. It was, frankly, At Games, the developers have a fucking horrible reputation. So I really like the idea of a virtual pinball machine and being able to download more boards and all that shit that's great but uh, but you nailed it makeshift i won't give those motherfuckers the time of day anymore you've burned us too many times release this thing let it get great reviews let everyone else take a chance on your product and if it doesn't suck then maybe i'll give you my good eyes attention but at games has burned way too many fucking people in the past so fuck them it is a dope concept though man i fuck i would love a real pinball machine like just oh have you seen the new ninja turtle we're going back to ninja turtles those new ninja turtles ones they made are so sick god but anyway no at games can fuck a cactus i can't stand those pieces of shit uh gary c wrote in it said up until recently the newest consoles in my collection were my PlayStation 3 my Xbox 360 both of which I love dearly however in November I happened to spot a PlayStation 4 Pro for sale and decided I would jump into what for me is the next gen and wow, I've been blown away by the step up from the previous generation I'm currently playing through Horizon Zero Dawn which is awesome I have a ton of others I can't wait to fire up and it got me thinking about the immense back catalog of games that are out there and the diverse nature of our community it means some of us or pardon me, I mean some of us keep bang up to date with current tech, others are going back in time to sample the classics, and there's this giant wedge of generations in between which offer unbelievable value for their money. I have no doubt the real next-gen consoles bring some phenomenal experiences with them, but it's reassuring to know that the hobby we all love caters to every one of us. Oh, and if you've got any PlayStation 4 recommendations, let me know. I'm off to hunt a sawtooth. Fucking right, Scary. I love this. I love this. I did this with the PlayStation 3. I adopted it right near the end of its life cycle, and I was in fucking heaven catching up with the exclusives that I missed out on. So if you're new to the PlayStation 4 and the PS4 Xbox One generation, my man, you're covered until fucking 2023 if you want to be. You have so much to play. Um as far as my PS4 recommendations go, you said you have Horizon Zero Dawn covered. I would have absolutely recommended that. Final Fantasy 7 remake is a fucking gem, particularly if you played the first Final Fantasy 7 uh ghost of tsushima i just finished it fucking loved it i haven't played god of war but i'm gonna put my weight behind it and recommend it anyway because there's not a bad review of that game fucking anywhere infamous second son is great and it was an early playstation 4 title so it gets forgotten about and you could probably get it for like three bucks somewhere uh fucking spider-man gotta play spider-man red dead redemption 2 is out there like that alone is a fucking year of gaming i mean jesus god there's so many games those are the cream of the crop in my opinion i'm sure there are people yelling more games into their phones and their radios right now uh, but those are some of my favorites enjoy your ps4 my man you are in for a fucking treat and then finally before we move on to play one remake one erase one i know this has been a long intro but i don't care i'm having a good time it is letter time so it's letter time it's letter time and this week's letter comes in from one of our newest patrons, parzival hope i'm saying that right uh and parzival said adam have you read odd aud- or audibled ready player the ready okay pardon me let me i fucked all this up here Adam, have you read or audibled Ready Player One's novel or at least watched the movie? What are your thoughts? That book honestly brought me out of my shell as far as my outright, unabashful, 80s, 90s retro gaming pop culture embrace. Fuck yeah. So obviously... Ready Player One was an inspiration for your name, Parzival, and if you are wondering why I can't pronounce your name properly, I have not seen the movie or listened to the audiobook, so I don't know how it's technically pronounced. Uh, But it's funny you bring it up. I literally finished reading this book last night. I just finished it. Um, And you guys, if you like retro gaming, pop culture stuff, mixed in with some sci-fi, cannot recommend this book enough. It's not like a literary classic. It's not one of the best well-written all-time great novels you know of our generation or anything but it's really good last year i read the stand by stephen king and i said it might be my new favorite book of all time and i i like to read it's something i'll talk about often but i probably i probably polish off 25 or 30 books a year i i would do more but i just don't have time but i love to read and last year i read the stand by stephen king and i said it might be my new favorite book of all time ready player one doesn't take that title but it is the best book i've read since the stand i fucking love it i love it um so now i really want to see the movie and i want to read ready player 2 now and see what the hype is about that so if you don't know anything about ready player 1 quick synopsis it's set in like the 2040s i think 2040s or 2050s the entire planet's in pretty rough shape but there's a virtual reality world called the oasis exists which kind of blends in with the real world everyone goes there people shop in there go to school in there There's tons of references to retro gaming and pop culture in this virtual world and the creator of the Oasis has died and has hidden his billions and billions and billions of dollars of fortune somewhere in this virtual world and people are trying to find it and there's good people there's giant evil corporations and they're all battling with each other trying to find this money cannot recommend this book enough so welcome aboard Parzival. Uh, great timing on your question two weeks ago i would have had no idea what this was all about but now i know and it's fucking awesome and that is going to do it for blowing in the cartridge this week thank you for all the messages and let's get into our smash hit segment play one remake one erase one <laughs> And a huge thank you, as always, to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. You guys know it by now. Each week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game however they want. And the third game is a race from time forever. And this week... Uh, I figured we're talking Tetris, which is an all-time great and a high-score-centric game. Uh, So we're doing a high-score edition of the show. And our contenders this week are Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Galaga. And I know they've all been remade a million times, but humor me, you can remake one again however you want. Uh, As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a correct one. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. And thank you, as always, to everyone that played. We get so many messages about this segment every week. Um, it's awesome. I can't possibly read everyone's, but I'm going to read a bunch of them. So let's fucking play. And we're going to start with Alan C. this week, who wrote in and said, Definitely a tough call, but I'm going to say play Pac Man, remake Galaga, erase Donkey Kong. As long as we still get the Donkey Kong country games, all will be right in the universe. So right away, uh, and thank you for writing in, Alan. Right away, the whole, if I erase this game, does the future versions of this game still happen? Predicament comes into play. Because I can get on board with this, Alan, and your order, as long as Donkey Kong Country still exists. I, I i can also live with dumping Donkey Kong in exchange for Donkey Kong Country. But if dumping Donkey Kong costs us Donkey Kong Country, then I, I don't know. So that's it. And, and there is no definitive answer to that. That's all up to the listeners to decide. So uh Corey wrote in and said play galaga it's fun even still today and i love the graphics and that little spaceship you control so i wouldn't want to change anything remaster pac-man some of the newer pac-man games are pretty fun so i'd like to see more of that you could do what i'm sure has been suggested already a pac-man 99 maybe every time you beat a level it could add ghosts to an opponent's game or something like that and then erase donkey kong i know this might seem like blasphemy to some but i think this game is kind of shit it plays so slowly and it's not even fun to look at like pac-man or galaga I think the other two games here have aged better. And Donkey Kong has moved on to greener pastures. So, dude, Corey, I got to be honest. I didn't even think of Pac-Man 99 in the same route as a Tetris 99, a Super Mario 35. And I don't know if anyone else suggested it. I'll see as I keep reading these. But I've never been closer to changing my order uh because of someone else's remake suggestion than i am right now because i set my play remake erase order before i read yours so that i don't get influenced and i know what mine's going to be but dude the idea of pac-man 99 is fucking oh i want that so bad i would pay 80 bucks to play pac-man 99 whoo that's good stuff Mercury869 wrote in and said, I think I'll be the only one going against the grain here, which I'm totally okay with. I would keep Donkey Kong as it is. It's my earliest gaming memory playing on an Atari 5200. I can't even remember how we had one of these. I just remember at a very young age trying to rescue a princess from an ape. I would remake Galaga. This is where I'm against the grain, and I believe that this game could be remade into something fantastic take this game out of its 2D roots and put it into a 3D space, something like Ace Combat, but give it a Persona 5 or full-on Japanese anime look, and I think this game would be a fucking hit. And then remove Pac-Man. This decision is so hard. Pac-Man is such a nostalgic feeling for me. Sitting at the Italian bar in downtown Edmonton as a kid, eating ice cream and feeding quarters into a table machine of Pac-Man will always be a great memory, but I just don't see a way to remaster it in any successful way. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, Mercury. When I and all of you when I came up with my play erase remake order I, I never even thought of remaking Galaga into anything 3D I just thought about a, like a fancier looking 2D shooter that could actually be a lot of fun I like Galaga a lot the original Galaga but like yeah you could give it like the Star Fox treatment and just whoo, hmm you guys are getting me thinking here. Fuck. Freddie Bolvenkirk wrote in and said, Dude, what the fuck? Don't touch any of them. Seriously. <laughs> There's always one. There's always one that just... I touch that nerve. I love it. I fucking love it. And I almost agree with you, Freddie. I don't want to fuck with any of these games either. So that's... The, but that's, that's the rule. That's what you got to do. So while I respect your respect of these games, I don't respect your disrespect of my game. Of play one, remake one, erase one you're disqualified i'm sorry and raging demon actually replied to freddy and agreed with him and said quote i'd like to see adam put his beloved mario's balls on the block more often End quote mario fucking demon should only be in play one play one play one we're not erasing mario uh (laughs) made me laugh freddy good job very cool dude wrote in i would play pac-man it's a pretty good game if you've never heard of it i'd remake galaga never really liked it so give it a chance and then you can delete donkey kong just play new donk city and mario odyssey instead now listen very cool dude i've got i have mad love for new donk city and mario odyssey mad love but i cannot erase donkey kong just to play new donk city i can't i can't do it uh but you're also you nailed it very cool dude pac-man is a very good game for those of you that haven't heard of it i liked that when you're like if you've never heard of pac-man it's pretty good yeah you're right it's not bad maybe a few people have heard of it we got to do an episode of remember the game i actually would like to do an episode of the show about all three of these games eventually especially pac-man uh james anderson wrote in and said remake donkey kong make it not so hard keep pac-man it's a classic as it is erase galaga because it's always been kind of man james i kind of like i kind of agree see i like i love all three of these video games i really sincerely do but like yeah james isn't like kind of galaga is kind of meh compared to the other two isn't it like it's not bad it's not bad at all but like yeah just (laughs) it's kind of meh i get it i get it james i get it Uh, A couple more, and then we'll move on here. Chrisknife007, play Pac-Man, remake Galaga, erase Monkey Kong. Now listen, Chrisknife007, because I love your handle so much. I love that fucking username. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that you just mistyped Monkey Kong instead of blatantly disrespecting the iconic Donkey Kong and spelling his name wrong. So I'm going to let that slide because your handle is so good. Um, And I got to be honest too. I'm shocked how many people want to remake Galaga. I really thought it would be the Echo the Dolphin of the family here and everyone would be like, no, fuck it. But a lot of you want to remake Galaga. It's very interesting. It really it surprises me. Uh, okay, Stupid Monkey. This is an easy one. Play Pac-Man or preferably Miss Pac-Man. Remake Donkey Kong. Have Mario and Donkey Kong and upgraded graphics duking it out for the girl. Erase Galaga. Could never get into it. It's the Its best legacy is the throwaway line in the Avengers. So this is bugging me. I'm no... Stupid Monkey, this... I don't... Like, I'm no movie buff. But I don't remember the throwaway line in the Avengers. So send it to me because text me what it is or message me or something because I don't remember what it is. Although admittedly, this is kind of how I expected more of you to treat Galaga, just throwing it away. I kind of thought that. Um, and of course, someone with the username "Stupid Monkey" is not going to erase Donkey Kong. Uh, but you're all wrong. Every single one of you I just read were wrong. Two of you were right this week. Evan Refuse wrote in and said, I think it'd be cool to see a modern Mario platformer where Donkey Kong is the villain, so remake that. Galaga kind of holds up as a concept, but there's not much to add other than modern graphics, so just play it and then delete Pac-Man. The franchise eventually gave us Pac-Man fever on the GameCube, a terrible Mario Party clone, which my parents decided to get us instead of the real deal. I will never forgive this transgression. this (laughs) evan this i love it this is so pure like what a great reason to get rid of a game eventually this great game gave us a spin-off that sucks my parents got me that and i'll never forgive pac-man for it i can that is among the best erase one reasoning in the history of this show so well done evan and then luca wrote in and said first off none of these games need a remake but i have to follow the rules you're fucking right you do luca He said, play Galaga. It's perfect how it is. If you want more modern takes on scrolling arcade shooters, there's a million options. Remake Donkey Kong, a great game that has never had much for spiritual successors. As someone else mentioned, a modern remake where you play as Mario and Donkey Kong is the villain, or maybe a 1v1 competitive multiplayer take might be a lot of fun, and then delete Pac-Man because Miss Pac-Man is better in every way. So I agree with 90% of what Luca said. Galaga is perfect as it is. Miss Pac-Man is better than regular Pac-Man. And remaking Donkey Kong has so much potential. So that is also the order that I would take. Uh, I would play Galaga. Because I don't know if I've ever actually talked about it on the show here. But, like, when I was a kid, I used to play with my mom when I was little. And it was, like, one of the only games I actually got to play with my mom. And I really sucked at it. But I just really loved playing it with her. And, like, to this day, rocking those dual white sh- oh those dual ships, that's my fucking jam. Like, I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Galaga. So I would just play it as it is. I'd remake Donkey Kong, but not like anyone else has suggested it. I would make it like Donkey Kong Country and make it like a prequel and let you control Cranky because the general understanding as I understand it is that Cranky Kong in the Donkey Kong Country games is the Donkey Kong from the original Donkey Kong game. So instead of controlling Mario, I want a game where you control Cranky before he's old and cranky in the Donkey Kong Country mold. I would play the fuck out of that. I plus, I just I cannot take the chance that erasing the original Donkey Kong erases the Donkey Kong Country games. I can't do it. So then I would very reluctantly erase Pac-Man for two reasons. One, as has been said, Miss Pac-Man is better in every way. And two, if erasing Pac-Man erases Miss Pac-Man that's easier for me to swallow than it would be to erase donkey kong country or my memories of galaga so i love pac-man i don't want to erase them i'm just playing by the shitty rules that i invented for this stupid game so that's my answer thank you for all that played i'm sorry i couldn't read all of them on here i really do try keep playing i try to rotate who gets in and out every week Uh, all right and that'll do it what have i been playing and then we'll talk about some tetris i uh, i literally just finished ghost of tsushima last night um about 12 hours ago from what i'm talking to you guys right now um and i probably have about 80 percent of the game done like the map there's tons of like little collectibles and little side missions and stuff to find i got about 80 percent of that done and i know i should probably just move on and play another game i got a huge backlog of stuff i want to play but like i kind of want to clean up that map even if it is just boring collectibles and stuff because the game is just that much fun and i don't, i'm not ready to move on yet i really really like that game Uh, I'm still playing Gears Tactics as well because it's fucking awesome on my Xbox. I hope that... I actually think I might want a Gears Tactics 2 more than a Gears of War 6. Like, I want both because I love the Gears of War franchise. But I think I might actually prefer Gears Tactics 2 to Gears of War 6. Really digging it. Uh, And then I'm still plugging away at 100 percent Tetris Effect on my Xbox. And uh, I played a little bit of Crash Team Racing while it was free on the Switch. And I liked it so much that I bought it, but I bought it on my Xbox Series X. Uh, But I haven't fired it back up yet. But I am going to get into it soon. I like that a lot though. And that's it. That's what I've been playing. This is a long enough intro. Let's get into Tetris talk. I like to give you nerds a chance to share your thoughts on the games we're talking about before my guest and I indulge ourselves and ramble. We got way more comments than I expected for Tetris. Way more. And I want to start... Geek Life Radio wrote in and said, Ah, fuck Tetris. Okay, like not really some may already know this but my biggest nerd claim to fame was making it to the semi-finals in the nintendo championships way back in 1990 i played the famous cart where you do one lap in rad racer gain 100 coins in mario and then play tetris and the strategy is to get through the first two as fast as possible then rack up all your points in tetris i had never played this game prior to the competition and still just missed the finals by a small amount i never went back to it because i'm a sore loser so tetris fucking farted and he says i'm making this my tagline for games that i'm mad at so (laughs) i love i I really like that story geek life i like that um aside from geek life though you guys so many positive comments about tetris it's just one of those games that's almost impossible to hate unless it screws you out of a world championship. Then it's understandable. Um, I literally stream Tetris 99 every Tuesday. I fucking love it. I'll never, I can't stop playing it. I love Tetris. I'm just going to rock it through these comments. Just listen to these. We usually get two, three, maybe four comments from people. But like, we got so many comments here. Morgan says, I thought I was an absolute champ at this game for the majority of my life until Tetris 99 came along so hard and it is very hard Uh, Keeg779988 said it's Tetris enough said agreed Ryan Bayshore wrote in and said Tetris is a mainstay of mine it's my go to pick up and play title played many of the variations over the year including the iconic to me Tetris 99 but my all time fave is still the NES version Doug Dorn wrote in and said I never owned Tetris on any console or handheld but I remember my dad got the Tetris game and watch for my mom one Christmas and I used to sneak a game in here and there whenever I was home alone never any good at it But no gamer's resume is complete without some time with the OG puzzle game. Scott Brooks wrote in and said, this was actually the first game I played on the NES before I ever laid eyes on that plump plumber. This game was my jam. I love everything about this game and I still do to this day. Despite being hot garbage at Tetris 99, I still play it regularly if only to hop on there and pump up other players' stats. They could release a new iteration of this game annually like EA Sports games and I would snatch it up in a heartbeat. A true goat. I fucking agree with you, Scott. I would also buy a Tetris 99 every year uh alan c wrote in and said i played the hell out of this when i got it with my Game Boy as a kid and i still play it all the time thanks to tetris 99 and tetris effect the greatest game then and now i think so I kind of agree with you alan raging demon said i remember being a sega kid and every time i saw columns thinking how much better tetris was it still is (laughs) columns is actually on my genesis mini and it's one of those games that I, i gotta fire up soon just to see how bad it sucks or if it sucks and then finally this is the this is what i wanted to end this whole cetris circle jerk on amy gillen wrote in and said a big tony soprano oh for this one adam fucking tony soprano shout out love it absolutely a classic and it's got to be tailgating your mario 10 out of 10 score i'm actually playing tetris effect on your recommendation right now and it's epic i'm so looking forward to review on this one and amy that's such a great way to end this because that was a very big predicament i ran into for all of you that don't know we score every game at the end of the episodes and the only game that's ever gotten a perfect score on this show is super mario world from episode 1 and when we got around to scoring Tetris, I was very torn on what to do. And what did I do? You're going to have to listen to the episode to find out. Let's do that right now. I'm going to cue up that music. That iconic Tetris music. And my buddy and fellow uh, comedian and former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Mark McHugh, and I had a nice long chat about Tetris. I'm going to let you all listen to it right now. I, I, I forgot to look up the date that Tetris first came out. Fuck. I, I, I don't want I to edit my notes. It came out. You guys know. It came out like fucking 80 years ago. We're talking Tetris. Let's go. you work on a computer in any capacity. Crash Plan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses. I'm just Joe Schmo. Pfft. Crash Plan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers, so there's a Crash Plan for everyone, from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. Okay, so th- I, I, quick disclaimer, I have no idea how this episode is going to go. Because in theory, this might be the most boring video game we could possibly try to have a conversation about. But it's also probably my all-time favorite video game that's not a Mario title. And I would even put it ahead of Mario, depending on my mood. Joining me via the telephone this week, the bat phone, whatever it is we've decided to call it, longtime friend of the show, longtime guest, pal of mine, former Hall of Famer, my buddy Mark McHugh. How's it hanging, buddy?
1: It's going good. I'd agree that, like, there's not much, there's definitely not much story to this game. Buddy. It's a very basic puzzle game, but the (laughs) history behind this game, oh my God.
0: I, yeah, like, so, (laughs) I. When you because Mark, just to get you guys in behind the scenes, sometimes I reach out to the guests and say, Hey, would you be interested in talking about this game? And sometimes the guests reach out to me and they're like, Hey, have you talked about this game yet? And it's so funny because you reached out to me and brought up the concept of Tetris. And I had been thinking about doing a solo episode about Tetris for a while because I was like, I really, for any of you that have never watched my Twitch stream or anything, like I stream Tetris every Tuesday night. It's Tetris Tuesday on my Twitch stream. I, I, it's the one video game that I'm like, I don't suck at this game. Like, I'm good at Tetris. I, I love it. I'll never, ever get tired of playing Tetris. But I was like, how the fuck are we going to do a podcast where all we talk about is Tetris? And so I don't, if this episode falls off the rails, maybe, maybe this will be our Jump the Shark episode of Remember the Game. Like, maybe this will be the one. But I don't think it will because I'm so passionate about this game. And I know you are quite the Tetris fan yourself.
1: I love it. Like, again, this is just one of those games where I could just, like, there have definitely been periods of time where all I've done for, like, two weeks straight is play Tetris.
0: Yeah, man. It's a
1: game that I love. But also, I've done so many. Like, I reached out to you to do an episode about this because I've done so many deep dives on the history of this game because it's fascinating.
0: It really is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's I didn't mean to take like, you off. Go ahead.
1: Like it was, it was originally programmed, uh, the dude's name, uh, Alexi padgett or something like that. I yeah. think it's, yes, it's Alexi padgett And when he started making this game, it was like, basically, first it was a very simple puzzle game. He's like, okay, I have five pieces here. How do they fit together? And then he did it and it was like done. And he realized that there was like no replay value to that whatsoever. So he like added like a, sc- a scrolling mechanic, and then that's when he added like the five like things. Like as soon as you get like a row across, then that is how uh, you can get rid of a row, and then that's how he realized like this is mo- maybe the most addictive video game that's ever been made.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like I, it's so weird because I'm like, if there's one game in the history of the podcast that we don't have to explain what the game is to anybody it's tetris everybody has played or seen tetris and to me when it, when you really boil it all down the most genius thing about the game of tetris is that i don't as long as you can see and you can move your fingers you can you can in seconds understand how to play tetris i'm not saying you'll be good at it but you can understand how to play it and it's like it's the most it's the most perfect simple video game ever designed i i would I go
1: as far to say that i think this might be like as far as just gameplay mechanics this might be the best game of all time
0: i was literally just going to say like it's it's i i i truthfully feel that tetris in its most core, we're not talking about all the crazy spin-offs and all the wild things you can do. We'll get into some of those. But, oh, um... Have you ever
1: played Mickey's Tetris?
0: No. Fuck.
1: <laughs> it's so stupid. I it's hate. so dumb.
0: I, I gotta be honest. I hate Mickey. I don't know if maybe that's just... I don't like Mickey. Creeps me out. Fucking little weirdo. I like... uh I, li- <laughs> I like... Uh, I like South Park Mickey, where he's like a piece of shit. And that's how I like my a Mickey. He's piece of shit,
1: and he's like, have you fucked a bat?
0: Yeah, that's how I like my Mickey. Um... But no, I, I, I in, in its core, basic, un-tweaked uh, form, I think Tetris is the perfect video game. I, I it legit, really is. it, it, like, there's literally there, there is not a criticism to be thrown at it. There's not one criticism you could throw at Tetris, like. Well,
1: because it's like it's not one of those games. Like I can't think of a single thing you would be able to criticize about it. Like no. it's one of the. It's just a pure, like you know. You're a big Breaking Bad fan, right?
0: Yeah, I love Breaking Bad.
1: Tetris is that 99% pure methamphetamine. <laughs> it is the blue meth. Yeah, it is. Because, like, every other game, it's like, hmm, I love this game, but, like, ooh, does this story element really work with this? And, like, oh, what are the themes here? Tetris is like, no, no, just puzzle game. And it's like, all right, cool. Like, and the, it, like again, such an interesting, like, the good dude who was making it, the dude who made it, he actually never owned this game until like the mid-90s. Dude, yeah. He made it. He, yeah. was, he was working for the Soviet Union and so the Soviet Union owned this game. This dude did not make a dime off of it when it was the biggest video game in the world.
0: Yeah. And he, it's crazy. He got totally fucked off. I'm just like, uh, yeah, he got completely fucked over on this game. Like completely. he should, he should be a trillionaire. Like- well,
1: have made money off of this game and like he actually does have a business now called like i think it's called the tetris company where like pretty much anytime somebody makes a tetris game it goes through this guy and he does make a pretty good money off good. of it now as he should But like he should have been made he should have made so much more
0: like i i think i mean i don't know i don't know how much of an effect tetris had on like super mario brothers or anything like that or final fantasy and stuff but like there, 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 can't be a single puzzle game in existence that wasn't at least minutely influenced by Tetris, or influenced by a game that was influenced by Tetris. Like it's just, it's, it's like look at some of like I'm thinking of a few puzzle games that I really, really like, and I'm thinking of stuff like Dr. Mario. Oh, fuck, I love Dr. Well, yeah, Mario. Yeah,
1: Dr. Mario, a hundred percent would never have existed without Tetris.
0: No, look at. I don't know if you've ever played Yoshi, surprisingly fun puzzle game, but it, it's actually
1: yeah. Paget Knopf
0: made Yoshi. Oh, I didn't know that, but there you go. Yeah, it, it's it's that standard. I mean, you look at fucking Lumines, which I really love. Clax is a really fun game. All of these puzzle games that basically revolve around a, a column and shit falling from the top, and you trying not to let it fill up, like Puyo Puyo. Doctor Eggman's Mean Bean Machine. Mean Bean Machine, which is Puyo Puyo. Yeah, like it's. I love Puyo yeah. Puyo. Even as far as like, I wonder. I bet you Candy Crush and some of those games that are out now have roots from tetris like it's
1: 100 percent they do like you don't have like candy crush is definitely like it's more shitty. It is the modern tetris like we all roll our eyes and be like oh huh, look at that person playing candy crush on their phone it's like okay but that's like like games like that are the purest video game experience
0: yeah and you know what i think i love the most about tetris of everything is that it it's never like you can't beat it. You know what I mean? Like I know there are certain games of certain versions of Tetris where you have to accomplish things and then you technically beat it and stuff like that. But like my all time favorite way to play Tetris is on marathon mode where it never ends. And it's just you versus the game. How long you can go. Yeah, man, I was playing it on my Xbox the other night, Tetris effect. And I was playing the endless marathon mode. And I think I put up like the 90th highest score in the world on my Xbox the other night. And I played for about an hour and a half. And my screen was empty. I just was like, my eyes were hurting and it was like 1am and I was like, I'm going to bed, but I'm like, I could play. I like, it never ends. And what's really awesome about it, at least from my perspective, is that like, I never get bored of it. Like I can just keep playing it and just keep going. And like, dude, there are some nights where I stream Tetris 99 on Twitch for three hours. And then when I get offline, I'm usually pretty high. Cause I get baked while I play Tetris. And, um, <laughs> And then I will literally just get off the get off Twitch, fire up my Xbox and keep playing it on on Tetris Effect or something. Like I just it it, it I like I almost I then, wonder uh, like I wonder if this is how like really die hard chess players feel about chess, like how they never get tired of playing chess and they just want to oh, keep dude, playing it.
1: Absolutely. Like my friend Robin has been like a competitive Tetris player since before Tetris like competitive Tetris before like Tetris 99. Right. Like she used to play in like tournaments and stuff. And she actually met Alexi Padgett. She's that big of a Tetris nerd. And I remember one time, like I play, I played Tetris on like a certain app on my phone. And there was like one night where I had posted like the third highest score on this app. Like it was like, I was feeling pretty good about myself. And I showed Robin. I'm like, look what I did. And then I heard nothing from her. And like 45 minutes later, I got a text back from her and she was just like, check again.
0: And then I went to
1: the app. She now has the number one and two slot on this. And she <laughs> pushed my score down.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> Dude. It's just, it's, it's like, I've always, I don't mean to compare it to chess. Cause I'm sure there's like some really cultured people that love chess that are like, uh, you know
1: what? But like, here's the thing. They're not that dissimilar. Like anybody who thinks that chess is like high, high, like, that's, like, a for high-minded people, but Tetris is for idiots, Or just, like... It's just such an old-fashioned way of thinking. It's, like, if Tetris... Like, if chess had not been invented and the first time that it had come through was as a video game and Tetris was a game that you played manually with your hands, people would be saying the same thing. Like, people would be saying the same thing.
0: Yeah, you might be right. Tetris carries it, like... Because I, I, I agree with... Because, like, I actually... I don't, I don't consider myself very good, but I'm a pretty big, like I really like chess. Like the game fascinates me. I have a deep, sincere, deep admiration for top level chess players because I find the game so fascinating. And I feel like part of the reason, cause my dad and I used to play chess against each other all the time when we were little, when I was a kid, but I feel like part well, of the my reason, dad, uh,
1: my dad's like, my dad was, uh, the leader of the chess club when he, like when he was a teacher. I like it. Yeah. He, like, it, ran a it, chess club. And his deal with us was always like, hey, if you can beat me without my queen, I'll buy you lunch. And I never beat him without his queen.
0: (laughs) But see, but that's, and that's to me, that's the beauty of it. And that's what I like so much about it. And to bring it back to Tetris, is that like in chess, you have, I know that each team has, or each side has 16 pieces, but realistically, what is there? The king, queen, bishop, rook, pawn. And knight, so six pieces. And in it's, Tetris, it's
1: thinking about like what what piece is going to go where. Exactly, to the exactly. Result.
0: And in Tetris, you there's seven pieces, but there's five different blocks, and then two of them, the L and that weird S looking thing, come in two different um, directions. But there's five core shapes, and I I I I can't not adore the way that those pieces fit together. And it's when you play Tetris enough, you hit a point where like, I, I, I don't know how you are, but like when I love, I used to hate when I could see the next five or six upcoming pieces. I used to like when I could only see one upcoming piece. I was like, that's traditional Tetris. But as I've grown and played more, I really prefer to be able to see my next five or six because I I get to a point where like, I know precisely what's coming and how they can fit together. Before, like, I know how the next three pieces will fit together. And I see this spot well, on and my board. What
1: happens as you get better at the game? Like, the, when you first saw, like, five or six pieces in advance, it would stress you out. Because you're like, I don't have time to think about that. I have to think about this now. But as you improve at the game, it's like, it's just like chess. Not to keep making the comparison. But a great chess player will be thinking five or six moves ahead. Exactly. Whereas, yeah. Like, if you can see, like, okay, that goes there, that goes there, that goes there. And, like, you are able to plan. And then the fun thing about the game that doesn't happen in chess is the game then starts to go, like, okay, you think you have this down? Okay, quicker, faster.
0: Yeah, I love it. I fucking love that. And you're right. Like, that's that's precisely how I play Tetris. Is, like, by the time the piece, like, when a piece is coming down from the top of the screen, most of the time, 75% of the time, I already know where it's going like i'm not like i'm i'm only looking long enough to make sure i have it in the right direction and in the right column And then I'm dropping it and I'm looking three pieces ahead at like where, okay, so that L is going to fit here perfectly because I can use the two pieces in front of it to build where I need to put that L. And you're right. That's exactly what it is with chess too, where you're like four moves from now. If he does this, I can do this with the knight. To me, the biggest difference between Tetris and chess, aside from the video game versus non-video game aspect, is that chess you're up against a, a second player who's thinking another strategy with you. Whereas like you said, Tetris, for the most part, it's just you versus the computer, and the only challenge is that the computer keeps making it faster. But I also love that because I, I, I really feel like my problem solving skills in life and my and and the way I deal with certain aspects of life, I've I've improved at them because of how much I play Tetris because Tetris is problem solving. Tetris is thinking outside of the box and coming up with strategies and planning ahead and management of time. Like there's and
1: so many times in Tetris where you'll be like, okay, that L will fit there, but I have to shift it over really quick at the last
0: second. I, yeah. I fucking love it, man. I, I, and like, so to get into like the actual video games, like my earliest memories of Tetris, as I'm sure a ton of people listening to this podcast are going to say the same thing, uh, are the game boy version.
1: Game Boy, the Game Boy port, yeah. I I because that came with Game Boy, so that's why it's like the highest selling game of all time.
0: Yeah. Those two Tetris and the original Game Boy leveled each other up at the same time. I feel like Dude,
1: but like Nintendo almost didn't even get the rights for the like they're like they were so lucky they ended up getting the rights for Tetris because originally, like a dude in the ukraine like back when it was just like kind of an underground thing Like tetris used to be like a thing that like offices would pass around being like hey have you have you played this it was like an underground ground video game and so a dude in ukraine found it and it was like i'm gonna start selling this and he uh made a deal with the soviet union being like i'm going to sell this on computers and then tengen bought the the rights from that dude and then started putting it on consoles. And then the Soviet Union was like, dude, what the fuck? He's was like, but we're putting it on consoles. Those are computers, right?
0: Oh. And then there
1: was a huge court fight over, like, our video game consoles' computers. And then somehow, out of all of this, Nintendo snagged the right for both the handheld and the console right. Right out of Tengen's, like, right out of Kit Tengen's hands. And, like... Yeah, so interesting. Like how, like there were civil wars in the video game industry fought over this, while the real Cold War was ending.
0: That's nuts. But I, I think that I think that people started to see just how much money there was to be made in this game because everybody could play it right and that's to bring it because like i i actually really like the nes version i did own the Tengen version and i actually like it better as most people that played both on the nes do because it was multi you could play a two-player that was the big difference was it was two player. Yeah. but uh yeah the game boy was like the game boy was the bread and butter when i was at home with my nes i was like sure tetris is cool but i want to play mario or something whereas on the game boy it's just it was the most perfect time kill game of all time, and if you don't remember, and for like some of our younger listeners, maybe you weren't even around back then. Like the Game Boy, so, like that was the first that was it was a portable NES, and the Game Boy sold like fire, and it came with Tetris, uh, at well, least for Tetris a while. Tetris
1: like Tetris was a huge part of their the marketing strategy for the Game Boy. Huge. Like I don't remember who said it, but somebody's like, all right. If we packaged in a Mario game with the, with the Game Boy, then this is going to be a handheld system for little boys. But if we package Tetris in with this, this is going to be a handheld system for everybody. Exactly. And that, like, Tetris is why Nintendo is, had such a big market share in the handheld world that it did. Because, like, with, the, with Tetris... Ever like I remember, my mom played Tetris.
0: Yeah, me too. My mom and, and I dad think anybody both did. Who
1: had a Anyone who had a Game Boy, your mom played Tetris.
0: Yeah, and like my yeah, my mom and my dad did. And my and my dad in particular, my mom used to play a couple of games. My dad didn't play any video games, but he would sit down and play a game of Tetris. I remember reading, fuck, it's like a famous story, and I cannot remember what book I read it in, but it was like an executive from Nintendo or somebody saw like a businessman on a bus playing Tetris. Like like a nice suit, tie, jacket, everything. Playing Tetris on a Game Boy, and he was like, "We have something like this is going to make us a lot of money because it's exactly what you said. If it's Mario on the Game Boy, sure, it's fun and people like Mario, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's a like not everyone can pick up Mario and play Mario. Whereas like literally anyone." can pick up and play Tetris. And then you take it, you make it the pack-in system or the pack-in game with your portable console. Where So it's like, not only do you have to, you don't even have to be at home to play Tetris. You can keep this Game Boy in your desk drawer at work and play Tetris on your break if you want to or fucking whatever. And it's just such a, like, I, I don't know if they realized just what a genius pack-in it was back then. Like, I don't know. I'm sure they had an idea. I can't imagine they knew just think, how special it was going to be, though.
1: And don't get me wrong. Like, I love games with, like, a really interesting narrative. I love games with characters, with, like, like, I love, like, storytelling games. They're my favorite type of game. But there's something really, like, convenient about Tetris. Where, like, you don't have to get through any of that. You don't have to, like, skip through cutscenes to get to It's just like, no, no, you turn it on, Tetris.
0: Yeah. Done. And I love that. And dude. I love that. That's one of my favorite, like to this day, Tetris is and will always be my go to unwind game. It's the game that I can't play a lot of games when I'm high. But Tetris, I can play when I'm just like, I can barely fucking stand up. I can still play Tetris. It's almost to the point where my body goes autopilot. And all I'm doing is looking at the next few pieces and letting my fingers put them where they're supposed to go. And I love the fact there's absolutely no story, no narrative. I don't have to follow anything. I don't have to listen to it. I can turn it off and just listen to a podcast while I play. Or listen there to the news. There was of a
1: story in Mickey's Tetris, though. Oh, fuck off.
0: Uh, like, <laughs> like, sure, I know there's been the odd game where they've added a story, but it doesn't need it. I'm like, just let me play fucking Tetris. And that was always my, it was always the game I'd go back to on my Game Boy. Like, I bet you the only game on the Game Boy that even came close to the amount of hours I put into Tetris was probably Pokemon Blue. Like, that might be the only one that was even in the ballpark. Because I would like I would play Mario for a little while, and then when I died in Mario on my Game Boy, I would turn it off and put in Tetris. And it was like if I had 20 minutes to kill, if I was going to poop, anything, I would fucking play Tetris. Play Tetris. And it's like, so not only did it propel the Game Boy to the levels that it was at, because everyone was buying it to play Tetris, but I I I truly feel I don't think Tetris would have reached the levels of popularity that it did without the Game Boy. I don't know if that's wrong or not, but I because I know that people knew it existed. But it did not become as mainstream as it was without the Game Boy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life. The good and the bad. The ugly... Am I? Like,
1: uh, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of like. I think it's a bit of a like. Uh, I think it's a bit of a symbiotic relationship between the two of them. Like Game Boy wouldn't have been as big without Tetris, and Tetris wouldn't have been as big without the Game Boy. I agree. It's T- just kind yeah. of this perfect marriage that happened. Yeah. But at the same time, like there was still all of this fight uh, behind the scenes over Tetris before the Game Boy. So it's hard to say.
0: Like, yeah, it just, like, to me, like, when you think, like, the NES would not have been a, a success without Super Mario Brothers. And, like, Xbox would not have been a success without Halo. I don't know how well the original PlayStation would have done without Final Fantasy VII. And the Game Boy would not have, it would have been, I think it would have worked, but it wouldn't have come anywhere near. The level of success that it had without tetris and and i don't think and i think that it was also i think tetris was already a runaway success but i feel like the game boy iteration of it was like strapping a jetpack to it and it just exploded and there are people to this day that probably discovered tetris because of the game boy and even if they don't play video games today they probably still occasionally play tetris because of that game boy port like oh
1: totally and I think that, like, I honestly feel like... Like, Tetris was popular in the 80s, but if it weren't for the Game Boy, Tetris would be one of those, like, hey, do you remember that game type situations? Yeah. Be like, remember the good old days when we'd play Tetris? But people still play Tetris.
0: I wonder... Tetris is
1: still huge.
0: Yeah, like, you're right. Like, with Eldad that Game Boy port and the, and the mainstream of it, like, I wonder if Tetris would be like Dr. Mario. Like, I love or Dr. Mario, but it's... Or it's it would have
1: been like... Or it would have been like Oregon Trail, where it's like, ooh, I remember playing Tetris in school. Yeah. But it's like, no, no, Tetris is still like the most popular handheld I, game.
0: I would be I don't know this for a fact, but I would be willing to bet money that there has been an iteration of Tetris released on every borderline successful console since the NES and the Game Boy. Like there's some version of Tetris on everything. There has to be. I
1: would agree, but like at some point, like the success of like the success of the PS4 wasn't because of a Tetris port.
0: No, of course not. But having said that, like dude, uh, dude I swear to God, I have a fucking six hundred dollar Xbox Series X sitting right over my shoulder right now, and the game I've played the most on it since I bought it was te- is Tetris Effect. Like, I just... I It's like... And everyone might be listening like, what the fuck? But I'm like, I just really love Tetris. It's my total mellow... Like, people say they play video games to relax. I say that. And it's so funny because I get so fucking angry at video games sometimes. And then my girlfriend will be like, why do you even play if they make you this angry? And I'm like, because that's how I relax. Fuck off. And I know that I'm not relaxed. But Tetris really is that one. I legitimately feel like playing a game of Tetris is is like meditation for me. it's It's, it's just... Really-
1: and funny enough, like, early on in the development of Tetris, like, one of the dudes that was developing the game with Alexi Pajitnov was a psychiatrist who studied the effects of, like, what the game had on the brain. And it was a lot, like, like, it hits the right level of serotonin when you complete that perfect line. Like, you know that moment when you finally have that long, that just, like, straight piece? And you know just where you're going to put it. Yeah. And you put it in and it just eliminates like half the screen. That's the best. Like, that is, that's drugs. That's absolutely drugs. It really is. It's euphoric. But the weird, dark thing about that is the psychiatrist who was studying that, uh, I think it was like in the late 90s, he ended up killing his wife and kids and then himself.
0: Way to bring the fucking podcast down. Mark,
1: I know, right? But it's like a weird part, dark part of Tetris's history that, like, one of the dudes that programmed it ended up like doing like the worst thing ever.
0: I did not know that. I mean, I'm still, I yeah. still love Tetris, but wow, that's kind of. I
1: mean, yeah, like, like, like obviously, like <laughs> you don't <laughs> love Tetris Jesus less because one dude did like a fucked up thing, but holy shit!
0: Yeah, that's fucked up um but but yeah it is it's it's it it, like you said it's to me there's two things in tetris that really hit like they just scratch me right where i itch one is when you complete a tetris where you drop that because if you didn't know that is what it's called it's called a tetris when you drop that straight line into a a line of four rows and clear all of them at once because four is the most you can clear at one time but the other thing that really hits home for me and anyone that's watched me on twitch knows this is that like i've developed a strategy now when i play tetris I think the, the like the old school strategy is to fill up the screen minus one column along the side and then draw those straight lines in there. But when I play, I leave two a two block column on the side. And uh I
1: Oh for the square piece.
0: No, for any piece. And like it's it's I'm telling you, like it's it's and I've and I know a lot of a lot of pro players actually play a three block column on the side.
1: Oh, I've never played like that. That's yeah, an interesting idea. Because you
0: can keep dropping in. And the longer you play, the more you know which way like pieces will fit into each other. And like, I will literally fill my screen up to where I have one row at the very top. And the whole screen is a solid block with a two brick opening on the one edge. And then it doesn't matter what piece shows up. I'm just crushing them down there and wiping out the entire screen. And it's like I... there's no feeling more satisfying in video games to me than when I wipe out my screen doing that. And, and what I really like about it is that like my strategy to playing Tetris has evolved over the years, despite the fact that like, aside from the being able to hold a piece in the corner, which I really, really like to talk about in a second and the ability to see four or five pieces coming instead of one, the game has stayed exactly the same. I've just changed as a player and changed the way I play. And I love watching the way pro players play. Cause some of them access like the T-spin mechanic now where you take that, do you know, do you know what that is? The T-spin? So how, no how does that work so a T spin is the one you know the the brick where it's it's uh it's a T it's like a, a row of three in a row with the one sti- middle one sticking out in the in the middle do you know what brick I'm talking about it literally yeah, yeah. looks like a t what, what 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 what's a new mechanic that's been added is that like say you leave the two brick column but then you have one single layer in there where it's a three brick wide column and then it's two again you drop that t into the hole sideways and then as you reach that three brick column you spin the t and so then it basically fills in that one extra hole and it gets you bonus points i do
1: that all the time
0: yeah that's called a t-spin mechanic it's like it's really become big over the last decade or so because it like multiplies your score and gets you extra points and stuff like that
1: i didn't there
0: was a name for that. Yeah, it's the T-spin and it's become a big part of the game now and like, I love that people are still finding new strategies and new ways to play it. I can, I can legitimately sit down and watch a pro play Tetris on YouTube for 10 or 15 minutes and I'm just, I'm, 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 I admire the, like because i can see what they're gonna do a half a dozen moves ahead and then when they do it i'm like ah oh. when it works out exactly the way you want it to f- oh fuck me man it just scratches you right where you it's so there's no feeling in gaming as satisfying as that to me there's no feeling in gaming as satisfying to that it's perfect i love it maybe no, absolutely. no there's nothing i can't think of one
1: no, um I can't, I can't either like
0: so then i was gonna ask yeah. you oh sorry go ahead
1: I don't know. I was just saying like, there's nothing that's more satisfying than just like, get, like just nailing like four or five pieces in a row.
0: Yeah, I agreed. Uh, it's, oh, it's fucking incredible. Uh, how do you feel about the hold piece? I don't know when that became part of Tetris, but that's just like, that's just a regular thing now that you can always hold a piece you know up there. In the corner. I like the
1: hold piece, the hold piece for me I always keep like the long straight one in there for when I've really fucked up.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean,
1: I understand that a lot of people think that it like it makes it too easy, think that it's like but like I don't know, I kind of like it and whenever I whenever I'm playing a version that t- of Tetris that has it, I'll utilize it.
0: Me too. I I fought it for a very long time because I uh not to sound like a complete and total fucking nerd like I am. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a Tetris traditionalist. Like I grew up with the Game Boy and the NES version. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't like that. Like that, that breaks the game. That would be like, to like, not to compare to chess again, but I was like, imagine if after all these years, they're like, oh, by the way, uh, at any point you can take one piece off the board and save it and then tag it in whenever you want. You'd be like, what? You can't fucking know. And I fought yeah, that but forever. Like, as,
1: but like, as chess developed, like chess didn't start, like. The first version of chess is not the version of chess that we play now. There have been a lot of rules that have been added since then. Right. Like you were never, like, for example, you were never able to like, like when it when chess first was a game, you couldn't do that thing where you switch like your rook and your
0: king. Yeah, you couldn't castle. Yeah, that's called, yeah, castling. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. So, like
1: um, new rules are added to classic games over time,
0: right? And yeah, and when they added that hold piece, it took me a long time to get on board with it because I have never stopped playing Tetris. But then when they when I when they when they added that, and finally I came around to it. And now when I go back and try to play a version of Tetris without the hold piece it really fucks me up because I've just, it I feel like weird. Yeah. It's it like, cause I agree with you what you, exactly what you said when you were like, some people say it makes the game too easy or it's cheating. That was how I felt when it got introduced. And I was like, well, that's you're breaking the game. That's not Tetris. But now I'm like
1: you're breaking the game because you're just adding like a new level of, uh, you're at, you're just adding a new level of strategy.
0: Exactly. And now I feel like now I'm like, I've completely 180 Donnie. I'm like, no, no, that, that improves, the experience of tetris you took like the perfect video game and found a way to make it just a little bit more perfect like i really exactly. really like that i love that fucking mechanic now i love it
1: like let's say like let's say you have like a long piece in reserve and you use it you suddenly like you can't use it again and now you have another piece that's in that hold piece and usually that's a, it's a useless piece that you have up there now
0: yeah like my focus whenever i play tetris my number 1 strategy uh with tetris is no holes like do not leave do you know what i mean like when you even if you're building up that column on the side if you leave a single brick hole somewhere in your column it's going to fuck you later and you got to dig it out and like i yes. i am i'm am so adamant about that like it makes me insane when i leave a hole somewhere and especially that
1: especially if it's closer to the
0: bottom yeah yeah exactly and that's what i use that the hold piece for I'm trying to make sure I differentiate between the words hole and hold so we don't get like a Simpsons mo describing a garage thing, which like is a, that'll be debate. We could do a whole podcast about that. <laughs> is it a car hole or a car hold? Anyway. Um, a garage, garage, La-dee-da, Mr. French man. Um, but no, I, I, uh, so that's primarily actually what I use the hold piece for is if, a, if, a, if, if the next piece that's falling, can't go somewhere that will keep my screen perfectly clean and organized i'll swap out just for the sake of being like it doesn't fit anywhere i don't want it like i don't even i i very rarely actually worry about holding the piece i need up there like you said with the straight line i do do it but i primarily utilize that that hold piece as a way to just make sure whatever's coming next fits because it drives me it like it it'll ruin a game for me if i start leaving holes in the map or my board um, but there you go. That's another way where, like, that hold piece has changed the way that two Tetris nerds like to play Tetris. Like, I, I fucking... It's the most perfect... I, I fucking... I can't... I know I'm just repeating myself, but, like, I truly adore this fucking video game. I loved it on the NES. I loved it on the Game Boy. Uh, Dude, did you ever play Tetris on the Nintendo 64?
1: I played, uh... I played Mickey's Tetris on the Nintendo 64.
0: There was a game called, fuck you, that fucking Mickey's Tetris. (laughs) Uh, um, I can't remember what it was called, Tetris World, I think. But it was like, I remember my friend Sean had it and I loved it. I ended up buying it myself. It was just Tetris on the Nintendo 64. But like, as you would make lines, they would get banked in the game. And then once you hit certain milestones, you'd unlock like new, like, maps and shit, like, very basic stuff. But I was like, it's the perfect way to just keep me playing Tetris. And the rad thing but about...
1: Like, what? But, like that, but that's exactly it. Like, I love how, no matter how many times this game's released, like they'll add little things here and there, but they never take away from what is absolute Tetris.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, and the other thing about that one on the Tetris on the 64 was that it was the first time uh, I'd been able to play Tetris 4 player which I thought was so sick. Cause like I was used to playing Tetris like with one other person, but being able to play like, dude, the amount of hours, like we put it right up there with Mario Kart and stuff on the 64 for a while where we would sit around and play Tetris four player. And I fucking loved it. And that's where like, I mean, I played it on my Xbox. I played it on PlayStation. I played it on other Nintendo systems, but that's where like to, to kind of bring it up to like a more modern thing, like Tetris 99, not only has become my definitive Tetris experience, I I think it is the best Tetris game ever made. I think Tetris ninety nine is because
1: and you're a huge fan. You're, you're I've never been able to get into Tetris ninety nine just because I lose so quickly.
0: But that's to me that's the great part about because I was losing a ton first too. But like I feel like my Tetris and I have been playing Tetris for over thirty years and I feel like my Tetris game quadrupled. Uh, as far as how good I was at it, as I put more hours into Tetris 99. Because if you haven't played it, it's a free game on the Nintendo Switch, and you play it against 98 other players at once, and you're, it's 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 lightning fast because your garbage is going to other people, other people's garbage is coming to you, and you got to be the last person standing. And that's what helped me develop that two-column strategy because I can clear my entire screen and just hammer another player, and I can. And the, and the thing that really oh, that's so. Smart. right because it's not waiting for lines i can just keep dropping one line combo two line combo one line combo two line combo and then each of those fucking things are just going to the same player and it's just bumping it up and up and up as opposed to hitting them with one tetris screen i'm hitting them with 15 16 17 lines of garbage by and making that's these combos way that,
1: and that's another way that a new level of strategy has been brought to a very simple game yeah like, exactly that's not like that. That strategy works okay if you're playing by yourself, but like when you're playing competitively in something like Tetris 99, it works so much better. So like all of these new versions of Tetris, all of they they never take away from the game. They just add new ways in which the game can be, be played, and that's why it's so brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's it's I love it. And and yeah, like I I would recommend Tetris 99 to everybody. And if you think, "Well, it's too I always lose. It's too hard." I'm like, "Keep playing because you will get better." I promise the pressure of it. Cause that's what I was going to say is like, I not to suck my own dick. Cause I, I think I'm quite self uh, deprecating on this podcast, but like, I'm, I'm good at Tetris and I, and I struggle to find somebody to play it with. Shout out to my pal, Dave. If he's listening to this, this is just a fun little side story. Back when I was a retro game collector, I had the Tengen version where you could play a two player on the NES. And a bunch of my friends were at my house one night and we were all playing video games and stuff. And I remember saying, I'll buy a steak dinner for any of you that can beat me at this game. Cause so I was like, I know it's the one that I won't lose at. And it took him a couple of tries and my buddy Dave doesn't even play that many video games, but he beat me at Tetris and he, to this day won't let me forget it. And I feel like, I feel like Nick, Nick and Rick Bruiser in super punch out where one is undefeated and one has one loss and that one loss haunts him. And my one big Tetris loss is that game to my friend Dave. And I, and I never did buy him that steak dinner cause he can fist himself. I'm not paying for that cause I'm so angry. I think he cheated somehow and I don't know how, but, uh, so there you go, Dave, you got your props, but normally I don't play. I have a hard time playing Tetris against other people because like, I, I don't, I, it's hard to find a match against someone that is on your level when you're, when you're, good not to sound arrogant but with tetris 99 every game is super competitive it's the same thing i feel about mario kart 8 that's my that's the reason mario kart 8 is one of my favorite video games ever because i love playing mario kart and when i play it online i can always find a match against people that are equal or better than me and it's the same thing with tetris 99 and it will make you such a better player because there's only so good you're going to play get when you just play by yourself i get that you can go for your high scores and stuff like that but at some point you will you will cap on how good that you can get playing it that way you need to play against other people, and I feel like I don't play a lot of games online. But I feel like the world of online video games, like again, it's to me that's another way. There's literally not one aspect of gaming where Tetris doesn't work. Like you can plug it into online, and it works fucking perfectly. Like it works like flawlessly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like ah, oh, I just
1: and it's why I think it might be like it's it is the Walter White 99% blue mess.
0: Oh. It's, yeah, and to get back to that point, not only is it the ninety nine percent blue meth because it's pure and perfect, but because it's addictive as fuck, addictive yeah, as absolutely. fuck. If you if you enjoy Tetris, you start playing it. Everyone has probably experienced this. You played Tetris, and you are like, "All right, one more. Okay, one more." Because it's just it's so calming, and it's just.
1: I remember after my last big breakup, like the only thing I did is I uh, I went to work. Then I came home, I played Tetris. Then i go to work, come home, play Tetris. Yeah. And that's when, like, because, like, it is just that perfect, like, it is that, like, nice little zen garden you build in your brain.
0: That's it. That's it. Like, I know some people use, like, The Sims or Animal Crossing or uh, any of those, Stardew Valley, like, those types of games. Like, my game like that is Tetris. It doesn't matter how bad a day. It's what I do, like, if I'm having a bad day or if I'm depressed or angry or whatever, I can just fire up Tetris and it just calms me down because I just space out. And I love the fact that I can listen to the game or I can listen to a podcast or I can put on The Simpsons or whatever while I'm playing. And it's just, it it literally is, it's literally meditation to me. It's fucking perfect. That
1: said, I've never gotten sick of the song. I've never gotten sick of the Tetris
0: theme song. Okay, so no, I haven't either. But I want to give another shout out then. Have you ever tried Tetris Effect? Tetris Effect Connected?
1: No. Bah.
0: Mark, I'm telling you, my buddy Chris recently got me hooked on it. Other people in the community have been telling me to play it. I know it's on Game Pass on Xbox, but I also know it's on PlayStation. It's not that expensive. It's just Tetris. It's on PlayStation? I'm sure it is, yeah. Um, It's Tetris, but like it is such a trippy experience. And the music in it is some of the best music I've ever heard in a video game. And all you do is play Tetris, and you just go from level to level, and the beats to the music sometimes beat while you rotate your tetris pieces but they're also beating on their own and they find a way to make it flow in perfectly
1: oh i'm really into that like i'm really into that idea i
0: cannot and this doesn't just go to mark this goes to everybody i cannot i cannot recommend tetris effect enough it's so fucking good uh it it's yeah look it up it's on it's on all the major consoles now the sound like play it with headphones on that's what i'll do at night sometimes when i need when i can't sleep is I'll put my headphones on, I turn every light in the house off, I get baked as fuck, and I just space out for an hour playing this game, listening to the music, and it's the most, it's, 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 I don't even know how to describe it, like it's, um,
1: but that's, a, yeah, perfect. That sounds like my, that sounds like my, per- because like right now, I'm really, like I'm running out of games to play for my PS5, and I like, because I've told my family, I'm not buying myself any more video games, here are the video games I want for Christmas. You know, you go do. So now I can't go out. I've, I've put myself in a position where I can't go out and buy games. Yeah. And for the next few weeks, at least, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but this is, as we're recording this, it's a few weeks before Christmas. Yeah. So now I'm like looking and I'm, I've been like, okay, I'm sold. That's, that's what I'm playing next.
0: Yeah, man. I'm th- I, I, 12 out of 10, I recommend it. It's fucking great. Um, Tetris effect. Tetris effect. Yeah. So good.
1: <laughs> Hold on, we've actually gotten a lot out of this, dude. Episode. I sure
0: hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast, because like, there's, I know that some of you talk about like the passion that me and the guests have for our games, and that's why you enjoy the show. I might be more passionate about Tetris than I am about Mario. Like, I love this, I love this series so much, and I mean. Before we score this thing and wrap it up, I just want to, like, my favorite iterations of Tetris are probably the game. The original Game Boy version, I'll never get tired of that. That Nintendo 64 one that I can't remember the name of that I fucking love. I remember when I first got a Nintendo DS. They released, like, Tetris DS. I don't know if you remember it, but it was it had, like, some Mario themes and stuff in it, but it was just Tetris. And I thought that was fucking awesome. Tetris Effect has become my second favorite Tetris of all time after Tetris 99, which I think is the most perfect version of Tetris that'll ever exist is Tetris ninety nine. Is
1: Tetris ninety nine just Nintendo?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm floored by because like I would I would pay full price to have that on other systems too. Like I just think it's it's perfect. So is there an iteration or two of the game that you want to plug before we score this thing? Is there anything I else? I feel
1: like you Oh, you know what? Did you ever play Tetris 2?
0: Tetris No, I did not. On the NES No, I didn't.
1: Now, this game has a special place in my heart, not because I played it. I've actually, like, played it once, and it's fine. There's, like, bombs and stuff. But why I remember Tetris 2 so much is because when we were kids, like, our parents taped us, like, some of the Christmas shit that was coming on TV. Like, we have, like, Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman on there. But, like, we still have these tapes, and we love watching them, just because they still have commercials from the 90s. And the one that kept coming up was one for Tetris 2. And they made it look like this outrageous, oh my God, you've got to get this game when it's really, it's Tetris. Right. But there's bombs in
0: it. I do remember, I don't think I ever played it, but I do remember seeing like the box and I remember seeing it at the movie store and stuff like that. And I, I even back, even as a child who was like so susceptible to just buying every video game and wanting to play everything, I remember seeing Tetris 2 and being like, you're just trying to get people to buy Tetris again. Like you were just like, yo, and That's really what had, it was. Right.
1: Because... Tetris 2, nobody plays Tetris 2 anymore. People still play the pure version because Tetris 2 didn't really add much to the formula.
0: Exactly. They were just like, yo, this is like one of the best-selling video games ever. How do we sell it again? Like without a new system. That's all that fucking is. So I yeah. I, I would like to play it. I think I have it on my NES. I got I would like to try it eventually uh, just to see. But no, yeah, I, I, I don't want any gimmicks. I don't want bombs or any of these weird items or anything like that. I've grown to accept the hold piece, That's all I need. I don't want anything else in my fucking Tetris. Like, I I can't think of another change I would make to it. Like, that's it. That's enough.
1: But here's the thing. They might, but like, you might have said that a year ago before playing Tetris 99.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, like. they,
1: They could always, they'll always come up with something that'll be like, oh, I never thought of that, but that makes the game more interesting without, uh, without compromising the integrity of the game.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's a very, like, it's just a ridiculously fine line with me to walk with Tetris. Like, if you're going to tweak my game, you would better... Like, the hold piece made it better. Tetris 99 in the Battle Royale format made it better. Tetris Effect with the way that it plays with the music and stuff like that made it better, but you're right so you're right something will come along eventually to get me but i'm like don't if you're gonna if you're gonna fuck with my like my ultimate treasure of tetris you would better do you'd better do something special with it you know what i mean if you're just doing it to add a bomb or something like that i'm like i'll fucking sue you do not fuck with my game don't fuck with tetris (sighs) ah that felt good um you want to score it? You got any other thoughts? Or we're scoring this thing and getting out of here? You can't
1: score this game. It's, it gets infinity out of infinity.
0: Yeah, you know what? I've been thinking about this since you and I agreed to talk Tetris. And uh, I, I don't know when this episode will go live either. As you and I are recording this, I have 127 episodes that have been released. So this episode will probably be released in and around episode 130. And uh, for the first time since episode one in Super Mario World, and I, I swore I would never do this. Uh, I'm 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 breaking my my 10 out of 10 rule and giving Tetris the a, a, a perfect score and I swore I would never do that but I also never thought we would do an episode of the show about Tetris because I was like who the fuck wants to listen to a 45 minute discussion about fucking Tetris but we did it
1: and I'll be honest I didn't know how this was gonna go either I Hi. was like this could be rough but here we are it's like we have a lot to say about Tetris
0: yeah man I hope I listen everybody listening to this I really hope you enjoyed it I hope that you didn't see this episode I guess if you did see that this episode was about Tetris and skipped over it because you're like, that sounds boring. I guess you won't even hear me saying this, so it doesn't matter. But if you did give us a chance and listen to it, I hope you enjoyed this. I, I, I could talk Tetris for fucking days. I I love it. Play it. if you. I'm not even going to say if you've never played it. You have played it. Play it again. Go back and play it, and you'll remember just why it's such a special video game. And you guys heard it right here. It It is the only game in the history of Remember the Game, aside from Super Mario World, to get a perfect 10 out of 10 score. And I don't know if I'll ever do that again. But I just, I would feel like I'm lying to you guys and myself if I did not give this game a perfect score because it is perfect. It literally is more perfect than than Mario. You're right, Mark. Like, it should get, like, an 11 out of 10 because it's the most perfect video game ever made. Bar none. It's,
1: I, I, I would say, like, there's no numbers you can put to it to score it. It's yeah. just pure and perfect. And, yeah.
0: I love it. Uh, fucking A. Good call, buddy. I can't believe we made it through Tetris. That fucking worked. Good job. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Beauty, thanks for having me.
0: for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking a little Tetris and uh, every single one of you listening to the show right now. Thank you so much. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the way we've grown over 2020 and I've got big goals for 2021. I used to joke that someday we'd be their biggest retro gaming podcast in the world. I really do feel like we're on our way there now and we're gonna do it we're gonna do it as a fucking team because we are the hot dogs we are the weed in the remember the or not the remember the game garden fuck that would have been so dope if i hadn't fucked it up we are the weed in the retro gaming podcast garden but i fucked it up but anyway we are weeds we're all hot dogs together i fucking can't tell you guys how much i appreciate you listening if you enjoy what i do if you like my podcast if you like listening to me make an ass of myself several times a week consider supporting us on patreon and i mean it you guys it's two bucks a month it helps me out so much you get extra podcasts it's win-win-win it's just wins all around so uh, please consider patreon.com slash rememberthegame. I also have a PO box. You can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Send me a postcard or a letter or something, and I'll send you a postcard back, and we'll be best friends, and it'll be awesome. Check me out on Twitch. I'm there Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights from 8 to 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Actually, every Tuesday, I stream Tetris 99 while I get high, and the quality of the game gradually goes down. I'm actually pretty good at it, though. Like, it's actually not, it's like the if, there, if ever there was a Twitch streamer, I'd say, come watch because I don't suck it's Tetris. The rest of the games I'm pretty bad at, but Tetris I don't suck at. It's a lot of fun. Look for member the game over on Twitch. Not remember, member the game. Just give me a follow completely free. It'll tell you when I'm online. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that'll do it, you guys. I'll be back on Friday with game patch or monday if you're on the free feeds i'll be back on sunday with uh, episode 41 of expansion pass our patreon exclusive show which is the blankies the awards show where we name the game of the year and all that fun stuff and i'll be back next week with episode 130 fucking one i remember the game thank you guys for listening you guys are the best i'll talk to you all again soon cheers remember the game is brought to you by our patreons i simply could not produce all these podcasts and videos and twitching and all the other crap that i do without your support so i would like to take a moment to thank every single person that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game and this list is getting longer and longer and longer which i'm more and more and more grateful for i will happily record a 10 minute thank you message every week if we get that many patreons so with that said a gigantic thank you to Francesco Sabidi, Derek Jane, Mark Carls, Parzival, Mike Cummings, Kelly, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam Beasley, Adam Osharello, Alan C., Alex Martinez, Amy Gillen, Andre, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, April Zane, Arpad Bodos, Ashley Cronenbitter, Badar Barhumi, Ben Buya, Ben Boucha, Ben Drinken, Bradley McHugh, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Bullfrog, Charlie M., Chris Campbell, Chris Fleury, Chris Wilson, Christopher Russell, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandiquit, Chris Knife007, Dan T., Dana Wutrell. Danny Vega, Dario Oman, Dave L, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, David Ray, David Schnatterer, Desert Tortoise, Divalk, Du Howe, Dominic S. Thompson, Doug Dorn, Dylan, Eric Canard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Freddie Bovenkirk, Gary C, Geek Life Radio, Grant Robertson, Grimpy, Andre SJA Flash, James Anderson, James Clark, Jared, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jay Clutch, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Jer Bear, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegs, Kevin Cicciolo, Kevin Donlan, Kevin Hufford, CryptoBox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Napskog, Les Wynan, Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mad Madshibs, Makeshift Money, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Martin Greenwood, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Michael Mathis, Michael Hegg, Mike Malawaney, Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from BingbackRetro.com, Morgan, MPG in Buffalo, Mr. Satan, Mr. Impressive, Mr. Nick, Wolverine Films, Nathan Combs, Nathan Trombley, Nathan W., Nick Sills, No One Cares, Pat Duddy, PB McFadden, Potato Bob Guy, Raging Demon, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Rex, Robert Fuchsia, Robert L., Rome 21. Ryan Bayshore, Ryan Kinchen, Ryan Yeager, Scott Brooks, Scott B, Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Starro Probin, Stupid Monkey, Super Mary Ho, That One Kid Nick, The Giraffe, The T-Word, They Call Me Badger, Thomas D. Reynolds, Tim L., Tim Riel, Todd, Tom, Tony Cherichetti, Travis, Trevor Hillier, Tyler, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L., Vladstein, Whiteboro, Wyman Brooks, X-Water, Yantcha, and Zane Donovan. Thank you all so much. You guys are the best, and I will talk to you again soon. Cheers. <laughs>